James chapter 4 verse 8 says, If you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. That's what we're talking about today on The Point at UH. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode on Holy Spirit. Today we're talking about the amazing fact that Holy Spirit comes to bring intimacy between humanity and God. Intimacy is marked by friendship that occurs over a long period of association with another person. And you, as a human being, were designed by God for intimacy with God. In the very beginning of the Bible, when God created humanity, they walked with Him in intimacy in the garden. There was no sin, there were no hard feelings, there was nothing but good relationship between God and humanity, between Adam and Eve in the creation. When sin entered the picture and humanity chose to go its own route, that's when things changed. And the Bible is this overarching narrative of a loving God pursuing His children. He wants to be in deep communion with them. He wants to be in deep relationship with them, with us. So as Christians, we don't want to be so busy doing things for God that we get so caught up in what we're doing that we forget to slow down and just be with our Father. After Adam and Eve were banished from the garden, God chose Abraham, a man of great faith, to bear fruit, to bear children, and have a lineage that would bring forth a Messiah who would redeem the world to God, to restore the intimacy that was lost. So Abraham has a son, Isaac, who has a son, Jacob, who becomes Israel. And Jacob, or Israel, has 12 sons who become the tribes of Israel, who bear fruit and create the nation of Israel. Israel is called to be a light to the nations, Isaiah 49, 6. But God is with Israel. He's getting closer and closer to humanity. He leads Israel by a pillar of fire at night, a pillar of cloud by day. God is with them in a tabernacle, then in a temple, and then in the person of Jesus Christ, God's Word incarnate, God's Word in the flesh, walking and tabernacling among humanity. And Jesus said, it is good that He goes to be back with the Father so that God can send the Helper, the Holy Spirit, to dwell in us. So it is an amazing thing that God sends His Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And I just know that I, myself, and I think a lot of us in church don't grasp, don't even come close to really wrestling with how big of a deal this is. In Luke chapter 10, the disciples come back. Jesus had sent out 72 to proclaim the kingdom. They come back saying, Jesus, Jesus, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Nevertheless, I tell you, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Then Jesus begins to thank the Father that God has revealed these amazing things, these amazing realities, not to the scholars, not to the wealthy, but to the average ordinary person, to little children. And then Jesus turns to his disciples and says, kings and prophets of long ago long to see what your eyes are seeing. So we, as the New Testament church, spirit-filled followers of Jesus, we don't necessarily have to look back at the Old Testament or even the early days of the New Testament and say, man, I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have seen what Elijah saw or this or that. Because they wish that they could live in the time we live in. How amazing it is that God's Holy Spirit, God Himself, dwells in us. So today we're going to look at a story of intimacy of someone who really understood the preciousness of being in the presence of Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 and following, we hear about the story of Mary and Martha. This is a very familiar story. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. 
But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary of Bethany, perhaps better than anyone in this moment, understood what a precious thing it was that the Word of God in the flesh was dwelling in her midst. Martha wasn't wrong for wanting to serve. She was the older sister, and she felt the responsibility to be hospitable, probably to cook, probably to prepare things, to make people feel welcome. Anyone who's ever had people over or been hospitable like that, you know it's a beautiful thing, it's a wonderful thing, but it does take some work. So this was an issue of priority. It wasn't that Martha was doing bad things, is that she was not prioritizing the most important thing. And look at what Mary was doing. Verse 39 says, Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. She sat at his feet and listened. I think the Lord wants us to learn to sit at his feet and to listen. So this is a call for us as the church to get alone with the Lord and listen. I'll never forget whenever I had just repented for my sins as an early 20-something in college, and I was on fire for God, and I was in the car with a few other Christians from different traditions, and I was talking about listening to God in prayer, and somebody snapped and said, that's not how prayer works. God speaks to us in the Bible, but we speak to prayer is a one-way thing. This is, you talk to Him, but He's not talking back to you. That's wrong. That is simply not true. God still speaks. This is a call to sit at the Lord's feet and listen. Scripture can be a big part of that. But reading Scripture sometimes is easier than praying. Because Scripture can be, and often unfortunately is, merely an intellectual exercise. And who knows that that's good? Who knows that we need to grow and understand? But prayer is a matter of the heart, and hearts are sensitive. The heart is where we carry our pain, and the Lord wants to take that pain away from us. But for Him to be able to do that, we have to sit at His feet and let Him minister to us. We have to let Holy Spirit stir within us to reshape us, to show us the heart of the Father for the lost and for you and for me. Jesus talks about going to pray in secret and your Father in heaven will reward you. Don't pray. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who stand on the corner and use all this showy language and do it for themselves. But go get alone with God and pray to Him, to your Father in secret, and He will reward you out in the open. Some people have the luxury of having an actual walk-in closet. This is a great way to have a prayer closet, literally a closet in which you can go and pray. Um, But the principle here is simply of of being alone with the Lord, giving Him our undivided attention. If I'm on a date with my wife, and she's talking to me about something that's really heavy on her heart, and yeah, that's interesting. there's There's a very big difference between me being in her presence, kind of listening, and me giving her my undivided attention. God wants your undivided attention. He wants my undivided attention. Paul says we can pray without ceasing. And it is a good thing to be in a constant conversation with God throughout the day. That is what intimacy looks like. But I found that it's also important to set aside some time and really get alone with God. For some people, waking up early in the morning is the best way to do this. For other people, nighttime is best, before bed, spending not just a few minutes, but maybe 30 minutes or an hour in the Lord's presence, mixing Uh, prayer with scripture reading, maybe listening to a song and singing that song out loud to God. God is so much more gracious 
than we understand. So just start somewhere. If it's five minutes a day, great, start there. If you're doing five minutes a day, shoot for 20. If you're doing 20, shoot for an hour. Leonard Ravenhill, a great revivalist, once said uh, that whenever a church is interviewing for a minister, they ought to ask about his prayer life. And any minister that doesn't pray at least two hours a day isn't worth a dime a dozen. While I'm on a roll, he also said, there's a world of difference between knowing the Word of God and the God of the Word. And that's what prayer is about. Remember, Jesus took issue with the religious leaders of his day because he said, you search the scriptures because in them you think there is life, but here is the word of God in the flesh with you and you don't even recognize it. They were obsessed with the temple when something greater than the temple was there. And now we are the temple of God. We individually house God's spirit and collectively we are growing into a temple of God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.16 that we are the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in us. One of the last images the Bible gives us to describe this intimacy with God, this intimacy with His Christ, is marriage. The church is the bride of Christ. Christ is the groom. And the Bible ends with the bride and groom becoming one with a wedding feast. So if you're a new Christian or you're on fire for the Lord or you just came back from a conference, uh, this isn't even the beginning. There hasn't even been a honeymoon yet. Romans 8, 14 to 17 is another great passage about intimacy with God, but the Spirit dwelling in us and crying out for our Father, Abba. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. Holy Spirit testifies within us that we are God's children. And as a parent, I know that I love my kids just about more than anything I can explain. So if I, a fallible, corrupt, at times sinful human being, can love my kids with such a great deep love, how much more is the perfect and pure Father's love for His children? He really loves us. Really, really loves us. So as we sit at the Lord's feet and listen to His teaching and listen for His voice, we are being changed into His likeness. 2 Corinthians three sixteen to 18 says that when one turns to the Lord, that veil that lies over their heart is removed. Paul is talking about the veil that covers those who still depend on the law of Moses. He says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. As we sit in His presence with unveiled face, we are, we are so close to God. We are being changed, actually, from one degree of glory to the next. We are becoming more and more like Christ as we submit our life to Him, as we yield to Him, and we ask the Lord to show us our areas of weakness, areas of compromise, bring those to attention, and then walk in righteousness and make the needed corrections. This is what enables us to walk in step with the Spirit and continually be filled with the Spirit so that we can be loved and bear witness of King Jesus in the right ways. As we are being transformed into the image of Christ, our witness to the world will become greater. Because words are not enough. Actions speak louder than words. We have to become love. We have to become like Christ and tell others about Him and not just tell them with our mouths, but show them what He looks like. Show them how He lives. Show them by the love and the sacrifice that we make for other people. But again, in all of our doing for the Lord, especially those in ministry or serving as small group leaders or ministering in your church and ministering to other people, don't get so caught up in doing things for God that you simply forget 
to be with him. Because like any good parent, God wants to be with his children. This is why I think we should try to follow Jesus' example of getting up early in the morning and spending time with the Father. We need to sit at his feet and be in his presence. We need to have that same attitude that Moses had before leaving Mount Sinai. If your presence does not go with us, don't even let us go. This should be our heart when we go out into the world every day. Asking the Father to dwell in us and overflow out of us like rivers of living water so that those who are thirsty can get a drink. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for more episodes on Holy Spirit. We'll be talking about miracles and speaking in tongues and prophecy and all that stuff. What does scripture say about it? Is it for today? You don't want to miss that. Let us know in the comments below what you'd like to talk about with Holy Spirit, what your experience has been, what your prayer life is like. If you've learned anything that you think is helpful, feel free to share. If you've enjoyed this video, if it's been encouraging to you, give it a like, subscribe, share it on Facebook to encourage other people. Thanks again. God bless you. See you next time.